What's up, beer nerds, and welcome to the podcast. Today is Monday, April 11, 2016. I am Michael Mulder. This is the Building Breweries podcast. We're on episode four. Um, I just wanted to, to get into some things real fast. Um, we're talking to Rivertown Brewery up in Cincinnati later, uh, specifically speaking with Lindsay Roper. Uh, she will be my first uh, female guest on this show, so that's very exciting in and of itself. Um, but additionally, I've been getting a lot of good responses and positive responses uh, from other breweries that would like to come on. So it does appear like I do have content um, for a while. I mean, I'm, I'm not really uh, too, too worried about the content of this. Uh, the audio is the audio is the audio. I, I can't do much about that right now, although I hope it's better than episode one. If you haven't listened to episode one, uh, go do it and then try to compare the different, uh, um, just just compare the, the technology there. Uh, I feel like what I'm doing right now is a, a little bit better, tweaking things here or there. Uh, if anybody is you know familiar with, uh, you know I'm just using an Audacity program, so if you're familiar with a method, some magic button in Audacity to like just press and then all of a sudden everything sounds so much better, let me know what that button might be because I'm really curious about using it. Um, but hey, yeah, a couple, couple housekeeping things. Um, I am, for the time being, uh, doing some kind of uh, collaboration deal with brewstuds.com. They are a craft beer blog. Uh, so for every episode that I put up, uh, I will also uh, write a quick little forward and put on their uh, blog on the website. And so if you, if you are interested in reading more about um, the details of the interview that maybe we didn't exactly go into or just other random facts about the, the, about the brewery that I found out um, before or after that we just didn't get to uh, get to talk about too much at all I'll put it up on there um, as always if you have any questions you can tweet me molar MD uh, I put up a uh, official Facebook page now uh, the building breweries podcast with Michael Moeller that's on Facebook um, and I will gladly take any suggestions that you have both in uh, podcasting tips, but also just some content tips. If you know for sure that a certain brewery uh, is interesting and um, you, you want to hear more about it and they want to talk about it, I'd be happy to talk to them. Um, if you are a brewery and you feel like you have an interesting story, reach out. I want to hear it. All right, and now we're going to head on down the road to Cincinnati, Ohio, talking with Rivertown Brewery, um, or I guess more specifically Lockland, Ohio. Is that right, Lindsay? It is. Lockland is a little town within Cincinnati, so either would be accurate. Okay. Okay, so Lindsay Roper here. Um, your official job title is Dream Facilitator. Can you kind of elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? I mean, can, can I can I be one? What I, I don't really know what that means. I, <laughs> I like to... Uh, facilitate is, dreams? Is, is, yes, I like to facilitate dreams, get stuff done... But more specifically, a large focus for me is uh, developing and growing the culture at our brewery and working with our team to do that. And then also, I do support our leadership team. So I'm kind of involved with a bunch of little different projects here and there, but I'm excited to to just kind of be a part for everything. Um, A lot of what I do, too, is bring the vision and dream to life for Rivertown through our marketing and our branding and just in general, having fun. That's that's the most important part 
of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you are the facilitator then of it all. Um, how did how did yeah. you how did you get get involved with this? How did, how did you become the dream facilitator of Rivertown Brewery? Yeah. So um, Jason, uh, who is the owner, so him and I started dating when Rivertown was about a year old. So I have had the pleasure of kind of on the outskirts being involved with Rivertown for about five years now, Uh, but more directly, uh, my husband bought out his business partner almost two years ago now, and once that happened, I definitely uh, snuck right in there, so (laughs) (laughs) So I've been been more actively involved with Rivertown over the last couple of years, uh, specifically so with our branding and, I'm sorry, our rebranding and and reclamation of, of kind of the the original dream of what Rivertown was involving sour beers and beers for everyone. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Can you, can you tell me how, um, how Jason and you, and you met? Well, of course, at a beer festival. Oh, of course. (laughs) It was this very tiny little beer festival. And at the time I was actually working for Goose Island Brewery. And I remember being super jazzed because you know, I was hearing about this new local brewery, and at the time, there weren't very many in Cincinnati, so I was like, oh, cool, and then I saw that, you know, the guys from Rivertown were going to be at this festival, so I was all over at their table. I remember I tried the pumpkin beer for the first time, and I was like, so cool, <laughs> and then I later found out that uh, that Jason liked me, and I liked Jason, and then the rest is history, and here we are married and all that kind of good stuff. Cool. Okay. So, uh, you met you mentioned sours before, and, and I guess okay. Here's the thing: I I don't really want to make the, like my podcast in general this this series necessarily about beer styles, but at the same time, I feel like that's such an integral part of Rivertown that I can't help but ask about it. So I do want to talk about that for for a little bit. Um, yeah, because because I think it's part of your identity. I mean, be, you you kind of said it yourself. Um, I guess when we were exchanging emails that you're part brewery and part laboratory or, or maybe part yeah. beeratory, whatever you said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's very true. So Jason very early on, um, had developed a passion for sours just in his very early home brewing days. He's been home brewing since the day he turned 21. Um, and you know, drinking beer, of course, just, you know, from the day he turned 21 on, but shortly into, (laughs) shortly into his, his homebrewing adventures, you know, he really developed a taste for experimenting with wild yeast and bacteria. And we are very proud to have brought that program to Cincinnati and have been barrel aging and souring beers since our opening back in 2009. So, you know, sours is something that we're very passionate about, that we love. We love doing experimentation and we're very proud of, the fact that we have really developed a great process that allows us to do both wild and funky fermentations next to tame fermentations without any type of cross-pollination and such. Um, but, you know, for us too, while sours is something that we love, we love that we do a little something for everyone. So, you know, we like to say, you know, sour is the new hobby and everything, but for us, I mean, we have a double IPA and IPA. We, of course, have our Roebling Porter. You know, we also do a lager just specifically in the tap room. You know, we really have, we have a nice Belgian blonde. We really pride ourselves on having a diverse portfolio that fits for everyone, no matter where they are in their beer discoveries, whether it's, you know, a domestic drinker just kind of cracked 
curious, or if it's somebody that's more advanced, really looking for some crazy flavors to uh, to tease their palate with. What uh, what what percentage of sours uh, would you say make for your entire production, though? Oh, that's a great question. So, since the introduction of Divergent and Solus, which was just about two years ago now, or about a year and a half ago now, uh, our sour production went from about uh, 20% of total production to over 40% of total production. And I wouldn't be shocked because we just added in nice melons as our as our spring seasonal as well if that number is is closer to 50%. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so, you, so would you say, is this a fair statement that you are the sour brewery of Cincinnati? You know, I believe that so I would say that we are are the largest intentional sour brewery in Cincinnati. Um, something that was important to us as as we're digging into this sour program, and we've been doing it for many years now, is that you know there's three different ways of of souring beer. There is that that intentional way where you want your beer to be sour, and we use wild yeast and bacteria in order to promote that process. Um, there is also synthetic souring, which is the addition of lactic acid into a beer to make it sour. And with that, while it's safer for a brewery to do that, um, it lacks some of those depths and nuances that a, a wildly fermented sour has. And then, you know, the last, of course, is an accident where perhaps a brewery is not as cleanly as they need to be in their processes. They get a little infection in their beer and then they try to pass it off as sour. So I think we have a little variety in there. I think, um, you know, sours are starting to become a bigger thing in Cincinnati now, but we're very excited to be, you know, kind of that, that pioneer brewery that's been doing it for a while and has really honed in and developed our culture. Uh, okay. I, I, I used to do some home brewing, and, and I'll, I'll just tell you that if you ever need somebody to help you on the accident side, uh, I got your back. <laughs> very good <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so okay so y- you have a lot of sours sours are starting to become as you said earlier maybe like the new ipa what would you tell somebody what, what kind of advice would you give them um to somebody who wants to like sours but ne- isn't necessarily there yet for example somebody like me yes so there's a couple things um I would say, well, you know, the more that you drink of any beer, eventually you're going to like it because the alcohol will just kick in, right? You know, and then everything tastes good. It's like, you know, that second shot of tequila. It's like, this is the best idea ever. But, you know, we really want people to, like, enjoy the sour process. But uh, my recommendation is you need to have at least three sips of something. And what's really interesting with sour is that when we talk about our caveman brains, like way back in the day, so we still hold on to some of those things that developed from, you know, millions of years, well, I guess thousands of years ago, but there's not anything that occurs in nature naturally that we're supposed to consume that is sour Mm -hmm. in mass quantities, right? So our caveman brains, the first time that we drink a sour, our body is actually trying to get rid of it. That's why you get that very... Um, you know, even just talking about sours, like my mouth is starting to water a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that is because our body is trying to reject it because it's like, hey, this I'm is this is be, normal. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not supposed to be consuming this. Pretty sure sour means spoiled, so I don't want this. And then the second sip, biologically, our body is kind of like, 
okay, so maybe you're not trying to poison me, but I'm still not sure if I like this. <laughs> and then by the third sip, our body is like, okay, you're not poisoning me. Now I can try to decide what I'm tasting. So it's really interesting because in drinking sour beers, you're really going against some very like long ingrained biological things into our brain. So sometimes it takes some time, you know, in the same way that often IPAs aren't somebody's first beer because bitter, you know, to caveman brain means poison. So that's also often an acquired taste. And and a lot of times when you see first time beer drinkers kind of starting to get into, you know, the lighter domestics or, you know, stout porters, things that have more of a malt forward body because those are, you know, our body is all about sweet. So there's not anything wrong with that. But so my, my recommendation would be just keep on trying different stuff. You never know when you might fall upon something or when your body might just start being like, Hey, you want to know what? Okay. I did this. You're drinking these a lot. So yeah, let me see what I can get into. I I like that. It's just part of the evolutionary trait. I I, I can get past that. That's fine. I I can make that work. Absolutely. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine that is a a food scientist and she's also an incredible brewer as well. And uh, she, we were just kind of talking about sours and, and that biological element to it. And I was like, yes, I always thought that was something, but to hear somebody that, uh, gosh, has went to school and is much smarter than I am with those things, to hear her <laughs> confirm that, I was like, outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So wh- where where can we uh, where can we find you? Do, you? do you distribute outside of Ohio? We do. We are currently in six states, and we are also in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So hmm. uh, we're in Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Indiana, Massachusetts, and Florida. Okay. And we are very excited. Yeah, the, the plan here is as we're growing and we're opening our new production facility in early 2017, you know, we're looking forward to kind of filling in all those states on the way up to Massachusetts and all the states on the way down to Florida and really be a, uh, a meaningful and sustainable and purposeful regional brewery. Um, just, just going back to that real fast, where's, where will your new production um, uh, facility be? Yeah, we're super excited. So we are building it in Monroe, Ohio, which is right about, depending on traffic, about 20 to 30 minutes from our current brewery in Lachlan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are also planning on keeping our Lachlan facility and turning that into our pilot brewery. So have a nice little system on there to be able to do one-off experimental stuff. Uh, we really love to be able to give the team opportunities to brew beer as well and, mm-hmm. and have it on draft and connect with the community so we're excited about that and then Monroe will be our I call it our big boy brewery but we're <laughs> we're very blessed to be able to, brew, to build it from the ground up and that will have a tap room and a beautiful patio and beer garden and also a, a full restaurant as well oh wow that's great um yeah I didn't know that that's good so okay you mentioned that you are in Kentucky and I, I gotta be honest I, I live in Louisville which is you know probably you know, it's 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 the biggest city in the Commonwealth, but I really don't see you all in Louisville that much. But I do see you all in other regions of Kentucky. Do you, do you just hate Louisville? Um, like, what, what's going on? Am, am I wrong? Am I just not looking in the right places? Oh, you are not wrong. And we are working diligently with our wholesaler to build our business down there. Um, we've had some switchovers currently, or recently, I should say, um, in with our wholesaler partners in Kentucky. And uh, in Louisville, oh my gosh, there's so much opportunity. I remember 
my goodness, I haven't been down there in, gosh, it's been about a year, but I have some favorite stores down there. And in fact, when I was with uh, Goose Island, I covered four states, and Louisville was one of my absolute favorite cities, uh, just with, I mean, there's so much cool stuff going on down there. And I'm not just saying that either. No, it's it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I did. (laughs) But, but yeah, the, um, we are with a, a wholesaler partner down there, and we're excited to, we actually just are, are adding to, we call them our relationship team, but it is our, our sales team. So we're going to have a rep calling down there more frequently and really help to grow our business uh, organically down in Louisville, because there is so much opportunity down there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You, you could easily be on every shelf in Kroger in Louisville if you wanted to. Now, let me ask you this, and this is kind of just, this is still fresh on my mind. In my last episode, uh, I spoke with uh, Dan Carey of, of New Glarus, and he kind of got off track. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really glad that he did, because he did bring up um, various different problems with wholesaling and, and how wholesaling might affect the growth of a brewery of, you know, any given size, really. But I guess my question to you is, do you think wholesaling does affect the growth of a brewery, especially of your size? And, and if it does, how? Like, are, are there good, bad Absolutely. So it's really interesting. My background, I've been in the beer industry now for 11 years. So I started when I was 12 years old, is what I like to tell everybody. But um, but no, I've been in the beer industry for about 11 years now. And a majority of those years were actually spent on the wholesaler side. So I, I would love to say this. Yes. Um, what's very interesting about the relationship between a supplier and a, and a wholesaler in the United States, with the exception of, of a couple, like I think it's one or two states, is a relationship that you're tied to for life. Hmm. And it's very difficult to get out of that relationship. So when you are looking at wholesalers, when you're partnered with wholesalers, the only way that it can be effective and both sides grow significantly if both is if both sides are committed and interested and excited and the thing that's really tough is that you know there are different seasons in a business you know there's different not talking about beers but you know just different things that happen different things that happen on the wholesale side and yeah not not having a strong partner can really stunt growth because when you are when you're tied to a wholesaler you cannot sell to a retailer directly So if a wholesaler, you know, is just distracted because they have a bunch of other brands in their portfolio, and that's definitely a possibility. You know, the challenge for us as the brewery is how do we get that share of mind? How do we be great partners to make sure that we're getting that share of mind? How can we support them? And, you know, it's really interesting because six years ago when Rivertown opened, there weren't really that many breweries out there. So the wholesalers you know, really just had kind of the big guys, so it was very easy. Mm-hmm. But now that there are so many craft breweries and many wholesalers are, you know, some might be brand collecting or some might be, you know, changing up their portfolio lineup. But, yeah, if they're not if they're not engaged and interested, then it can negatively affect the business for sure. Okay. And it's also really kind of crazy, too, in that, I can't think of any other industries where your business is so dependent on another business and, you know, not be able to change that relationship, you know, if it's not, if it's not a good one. 
Yeah, it, it does seem yeah, it does I, seem a little unfair that you know one one side uh, of the you know alleged partnership pretty much hold, holds all the cards. Yeah, and it's interesting too. I apologize. I told I didn't finish my thought. Um, oh sure. When Rivertown, when Rivertown opened, I realized I started on this, and then I was like, oh wait, I didn't finish. Um, when Rivertown opened, the wholesalers really did a lot. You know what I mean? So it was a brewery could really rely on them to to be able to execute at a certain level and get the sales and get the awareness out there. And the brewery was more in a support role to that. But as all these other breweries are coming on and the distributors are getting, you know, many, many, many breweries in their portfolio, I see it personally as the brewery is really in a position where you have to take full responsibility to really drive Uh, that business with the wholesalers through building those strong relationships and getting that share of mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind yeah. of the difference between the two. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that now. That's, that's good. Um, okay, so let, let's say um, let, let's say th- thirty years from now, Lindsay Roper is is uh, president of uh, or, or rather supreme leader of liquor laws. What is the one thing that you change? Oh, that that wholesaler supplier relationship law that ties for life. Okay. Uh, I understand why it's there because it was was a law that was created uh, shortly after prohibition to prevent, you know, to create that even playing field amongst everyone. But I do strongly, strongly, strongly believe that there is a huge opportunity for change there and to be able to have um, a law in place that, you know, benefits both the wholesaler and the supplier and creates, you know, a nice dynamic between the two, and if something isn't working, then, you know, there's that opportunity to be able to leave. Um, I can tell you, too, it's really interesting as we are, as we're growing and and we've been changing up some of our territories and our wholesaler partners, it's interesting because uh, some of the newer wholesalers that are popping online, and also something that we do as well in the contracts is, is to have that clause in there, like, hey, you want to know what? If this isn't working, let's have an open conversation about it because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to stay in a in a bad marriage you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. that's something that's really exciting to see too but yeah that would be my my number one thing right off the bat okay all right so, something a little bit more fun and easygoing um if you if you had to drink one solid beer for the rest of your life what would you be drinking oh man you know what's so funny? I've never had anybody ask me that question before. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been asked, like, what's your favorite beer? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're, you're locked in. You're locked in. You can't deviate from this decision for the rest of your life. What's it going to be? You know what? If it was today, like today, this moment, right now, it would be the beer that I am drinking in this moment, okay. and it's something different that I think is a little unexpected from somebody like me, especially, I know that you haven't known me that long, but, you know, I'm a big sour sour drinker, Belgians, all that kind of stuff, but I tell you, I cannot get enough, hashtag shameless plug, um, <laughs> of, <laughs> of our Insurrection Double IPA. It, I have been drinking, I have been drinking it nonstop, well, you know, in the evening, I have one or two, sure. not nonstop throughout the day, not 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> I don't think I would be able to talk right now. But I am just, like, digging the hops. Like, the more hops, the better. So 
that would be my beer right now is is our insurrection. Okay. Do you have a favorite uh, beer session memory? Like just something that you just remember looking back fondly on and you had happened to have a beer with a couple people. Oh, gosh. Okay, so a memory upon which basically a, a beer was was notably involved in? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, gosh. You know, it's really funny because looking back, and this is a little bit cheesy, but <laughs> I would have to say that it was the very first time where... Oh, man, there's so many. Can I do two? Can yeah, I do, do, two? Two, do two. Even better. Okay. The very first time that I had a well-crafted beer, I remember that day so vividly. I was bartending at a friend's bar in Finley, Ohio, and this was, my gosh, back in, oh, 2004, 2005, and I wanted to try a new beer, and... I drank a lot of vodka at that time. I maybe had a McUltra here and there. But I picked out a Goose Island Kildubbin Ale. It was their spring ale. It was a red ale. And I picked it out because of the label. And that was my very, very first craft beer that I had. Man, so, and, so, and, then, such... and then you put the drink down and then you decided to go get an application for Goose Island? Is that how that worked? Well, what's so funny is that I kind of haphazardly. So from my job <laughs> at the bar, I got hired by the local Anheuser-Busch distributor um, as their craft specialist and worked with them and amazing. I credit them with a lot of, of the passion that I've developed for beer. And then from there is how I got hired with Goose Island and that's what brought me down to Cincinnati. And then, you know, of course, I met Jason and, and the story's all there. And Yeah. And the second, the second very vivid memory that I have too is drinking that pumpkin ale at that little tiny festival where Jason and I first met. Oh, awesome. I mean, oh my gosh, I could think of so many other memories, but yeah, those are the two that are sticking in my head right now. Okay, that, that, those are good. I, I accept those. Thank um, you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, you know, we, we all have different spirit animals, and we've all heard that term. If you could be a spirit, or have a certain spirit beer ingredient, what would that be? Yes! <laughs> Mine would, without a doubt, be Britannomyces, not to be cliche, but definitely Britannomyces, because I like to get all up into things and just, like, (laughs) funk things up in the best way possible. (laughs) You know, I, like, kind of blend. I'm, like, a little bit earthy. I'm a little bit funky. I definitely, you know, produce some flavor in general. So, yeah, definitely Britannomyces would be my spirit ingredient. Oh, that's awesome. All right. I I accept that answer as well. Uh, are, are there are there any uh, are there any events going on in Rivertown that you want to tell people about uh, coming up in the next couple months? Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, so I I would definitely reference uh, if you go to our website or also check out our Facebook page. We have all of our events listed up there. But uh, very exciting. We are doing our our happening for insurrection going on tomorrow at the Barrel House. And then we also have some really fun events going on around town. Uh, we're doing a great beer dinner at Jay Austin's, uh, which is Springfield Pike in Cincinnati. Um, and there's tons of, we're going down to the big Tampa Beer Fest. So we have a bunch of really fun stuff going on, but we definitely need to have something uh, going down in Louisville yes, soon, please. it sounds like, for <laughs> sure. Yes, yeah. especially with the Sours and the Holy Grail and the Louisville Beer Store. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, a- absolutely at the Holy Grail. I can, I can see that happening there. Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> All right, Lindsay. Well, I really appreciate your time today. It was very nice speaking with you. Oh, my gosh. It was so great speaking with you, too. And this has been uh, absolutely enjoyed listening to your podcast so far. I'm so very oh, excited that, uh, that's nice. that we've gotten to be a part of them as well. That, that's very nice of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm laughing at that statement right now. That, that's, that's, that's the first time I've ever heard that. So thank you. I Absolutely. We all, <laughs> we all have to start somewhere. When you do it with great intention and great purpose, it all works out. Okay. I'm going to remember that advice. Thank you very much for your time today. I, I hope to see you soon, okay? Absolutely. All Cheers, right. everyone. Take care. Yeah.